Yes. Does this work? <laughs> we have such a large crowd here. You have to quiet everyone down. Uh, thank, thank you for coming. Uh, what I wanted to do was open up the public hearing for the FY 2025 Medfield Public School budget. And um, I'll, I'll start with a roll call. Um, tonight is here. Michelle Kirkby here. Will Horn here. Diana Frischella here. And Leo is not here and he is not on Zoom? Correct. All right. Okay. Okay, great. And just um, point of order, really, I think we're, we're going to walk through the presentation. Uh, Dr. Marston will do that shortly. We'll take a um, first set of questions from the school committee. Uh, I think, you know, you can, you, we may ask questions during if, if that's okay, unless it gets, you know, you know, there's a great deal of them. Um, then we will open it up for anybody in the public for questions. Um, what's different about this than, than regular school committee meetings, I think um, there, there may be more discussions as, as those questions come up. Um, you know, continue questions from the school committee, if there are any. Uh, we would then close the public forum. Uh, we would then take a vote on the budget when that happens. Uh, so far, the budget is something that uh, Dr. Morrison and the schools really have been working on. They say the word own. Yeah. Um, but we would take a vote where it becomes the school committee's budget. We would continue to work um, both with the schools and with the towns and try to get to a point where we feel confident that we have a budget that the town would approve um, in the town meeting. So just a reminder, um, if I didn't get that right, <laughs> Let me know. But uh, th that's the process. Th again, thanks for coming. And uh, with that, I'll okay. ask Dr. Marston to walk through the material. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And thank you, those of you who are here. We appreciate it. Um, always like the opportunity to, pre to pre present the um, fiscal year budget to the school committee and to the public. A lot of work has gone into this since we started in late October and early November and has, have gone through a, a pretty lengthy process to get to this point. And I know that at the December school committee meeting, I was able to give you that initial draft, the school committee, which um, had a really large increase in it. And we've been working really hard to get that increase down. So um, I will go through the slides and happy to answer any questions, but I think it's fairly informative as we go through. Um, I always start off with some really important background information, especially for folks who aren't familiar with school budgets or the process. Um, superintendent is listed in the law as the, the budget officer, and the three general areas of responsibility for the superintendent as budget officer will be budget preparation, budget presentation, and budget administration. And tonight's budget is often called the superintendent's recommended budget, and there's no official FY25 budget until the Medfield School Committee votes, and hopefully you folks will vote this evening to accept this. Um, if, the, if the budget is voted tonight, it's submitted to the town, but it's not necessarily the final budget. And I think that's something that is really important to understand is that this, this is an evolving process and really sometimes doesn't finish until right before town meeting. Uh, but whatever the number is tonight, tonight probably will not be the number that is shared with the town at town meeting. Um, changes are still made after the school committee votes and, and the, the budget organization and the chart of accounts um, is assigned by DESI. So sometimes when we go through the budget, things don't make a lot of sense the way they're organized and that's because we do the chart of accounts that DESI recommends to us, uh, which helps us at the end of the year when Mike Lust do the end of the year report, um, they require a certain chart of accounts in process in, uh, to, to complete that report. 
Important budget terms as we go through this presentation, uh, chapter 70 of the state funds that are earmarked for education. Those funds go directly to the town of Medfield. They do not come to the school department. Um, circuit breaker is a state reimbursement for special education costs. The state establishes a threshold of cost and anything that we spend over that, uh, we get reimbursed. Uh, typically, last couple of years have been great. It's been 75% reimbursement, uh, but we've also seen as low as 42% uh, back in uh, probably FY09, FY10 in those years, um, Circuit Breaker was not uh, fully funded. And the interesting thing about Circuit Breaker too is the addition of transportation that's been in the last couple of years, which has been a great um, addition and change that the legislator made, legislature made uh, during this process. So that is part of uh, Circuit Breaker at this point. Collective Bargain Agreement or CBAs, and that's the contracts we have with our teachers, teacher assistants, custodians, secretaries, and cafeteria workers. Steps, lanes, percent increase in longevity, and that's the pay structure that you see in the CBA. Um, step is a yearly increase on the salary grid. Lanes are increased based on uh, degree attainment, and that's horizontal. Uh, percent increase is the amount added to the base, and longevity is bonus time, bless you, bonus time um, accrued in Medfield. Uh, full-time equivalent is FTE. You'll see that throughout the uh, pr presentation. That's a full-time employee or a fraction of a full-time. Uh, level service budget is the same people and same programs. This budget really isn't much more than a level service. There's a couple of additional um, positions that are in there, but it's essentially a level service budget that uh, keeps the same people and programs in the district. And then there'll be a couple of slides at the end in which we talk about our capital budget, uh, which is separate from the operating budget and is typically involves large purchase items or repairs uh, to our buildings or technology uh, purchases. So here is uh, the setup for this evening. We'll talk about our mission statement, our new mission statement that was part of our new process uh, that we went through last year. Um, FY25 budget process, the assumptions we use when we develop this, the drivers that were in the budget, the strategic initiatives that uh, relate to the FY25 budget, our funding sources and revenue. Uh, we have a transition plan to full day kindergarten for all students without tuition, which we'll talk a little bit about that. Per pupil expenditures, kind of where we stack up around area districts, an analysis of FY25. Uh, we have the capital budget and then going forward what, what our plans are. So our mission statement has been revised and this was all part of our strategic plan process last year. Um, really excited about this. We have this mission statement hanging in every classroom and every room in the district. Um, Medfield Public Schools in partnership with families in the community fosters a safe, inclusive learning environment, empowering our students to meet high standards, adapt to change, and become responsible contributing members of our society. So the process to date, we have a lengthy process that we go through. Um, school committee established the budget timeline earlier in the fall. Um, then the leadership team met and established some of the priorities for their individual schools. Principals, directors, and department chairs developed their budgets. Uh, Michael and I conducted 21 budget meetings with principals, department chairs, and, um, and directors uh, to review their requests. Uh, then we, we met to review the budget requests and input. And then the superintendent and director of finance, Michael and I met to develop the budget. And then we presented the initial first pass budget at the December meeting, uh, which is always our initial first pass when we look at what all the information we've gathered through all of our meetings in the fall. 
So the assumptions that we made during this process, uh, federal entitlement grants we level funded, and we, we typically get a lot of money, the 94142 or fund code 240, which is special education, get over $600,000 for that. Uh, we've actually started to get Title I money again. We didn't have Title I for a few years, and now we've got Title I money based on changing demographics. Um, so that we're looking at that to be level funded from the federal government. Chapter 70 will be slightly increased. So we are one of, and the budget came out yesterday, one of 212 districts in the state that were announced yesterday that are um, level service hold harmless um, school districts, which means we get the minimum aid of $30 per student. That's all we get is an increase. So uh, last year there were 125 district, 24 districts that got the uh, $30 per student and now there's 212. So the state is kind of pulling back a little bit on the funding for school districts. Um, but that's a slight increase, which equals about $71,000 over last year's Chapter 70. Um, continuation and a reduction of tuition for full-day kindergarten. So you'll see a couple of slides on what we're going to do with that to reduce full-day kindergarten for next year and then reduce the tuition again the following year. And then circuit breakers we talked about will be funded at 75%. Uh, I know that there are calls by the Mass Association of School Superintendents to fund circuit breaker at 90%, um, but 75 is what we plan to when we made it when we made this budget. Our drivers are, are fairly typical in what we've had in, in years past. Um, I think you know 80 plus percent of every school budget is it deals with personnel costs. Um, so our CBA agreements and our contracts, our transportation, we're in year four of our current contract with Conley, and we have Accept Collaborative for our special education transportation. Uh, we've added in-district positions in FY24 for special education. Uh, we have one in, in for FY25, and then out of district placements, you'll see an increase in that. Um, continue with our professional development. We feel strongly about that, and you'll see later in the meeting when we review our status for the strategic plan during the other agenda for the regular meeting, we've had a lot of professional development already this year, and we continue to be committed to that. And then technology, we, we have to replace end-of-life equipment, and certainly our software licenses, the costs have gone up um, each year, so that does not change this year as well. So looking at our strategic plan and what some of the initiatives are in this budget, uh, maintaining our current staffing levels for continued academic excellence, rigor, and opportunities for students and supports for students, and that's really important. That's job number one for us to make sure that we do that. Um, and this budget absolutely does that. We have the transitioning to full-day kindergarten for all students, and that's tuition-free. Um, funding for professional development around cu culturally responsive instruction, restorative practices, and literacy instruction, again, from our strategic plan. Uh, recommendations for increasing increases to special education staffing, implementing communication audit review recommendations, and then supporting our capital budget needs, which are all in priority four in the strategic plan. So taking a look at our current school year in FY24, um, there's always three components to our budget, and lots of times you'll see districts talk about just two components, the Chapter 70 and the local contribution, um, but we feel it's important to talk about that other category, which is our grants, tuitions, and fees. Um, you'll notice that uh, if you've seen this, these presentations before, that our other grants, tuitions, and fees is typically around $3 million, but in FY24, it's up to $5.3 million. That's two reasons. One is we got over a million in, in circuit breaker this year, uh, which we weren't anticipating to get that much. Um, and also our food service, uh, because it is uh, free, free lunch and breakfast for all students in the state right now, uh, we still get reimbursed by the federal government. So 
Um, we are getting a lot of uh, reimbursement from the federal government that's equaling a million dollars in FY24, which we're going to start to um, put some of those funds into um, the capital in our cafeterias. We have old old ovens, old freezers, old refrigerators, all that stuff. So we're going to try to upgrade um, that in our in the capital plan and use those funds to do that. Um, so it's just an important thing to remember, although our budget's 41 million FY24, it actually costs uh, 46 million to run the district as you see it because of what we use the other costs for. And then it's also important to remember that we also have funding to um, Tri-County and Norfolk Aggie. So we don't have the Norfolk Aggie number yet, but Tri-County, uh, it's, it's gonna be 107,000 from the district. And don't forget the town also approved the building project for Tri-County, so that'll be another cost that um, the, the district, the town will be paying towards um, Tri-County. So it's not just um, education funding for us, there are other districts that receive money from the town of Medfield. So some of the projections we have for FY25 in terms of our other, um, outside of the operating budget, again, we're looking at our state and federal grants around 700,000. Our tuitions you'll see um, are lower than FY24 because of the reduction that we're uh, presenting tonight in kindergarten uh, tuition. School lunch, there's that million again, we're anticipating that. Athletic fees at 300,000. Um, various receipts, 310, and that's things like parking fees, gate receipts, those kinds of things. Uh, private grants and gifts at 200,000. So that's what we get from our PTO, MCPE, MMA, the, all those supports that we have in local organizations within our community um, that give us those gifts. We're really, really proud of that and, 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 are, and are pleased that we can continue to have those partnerships. And then Circuit Breaker at 730. And that's what we're predicting. That could be a little bit, we could have a little more than that. But right now, when we built this budget, that's our projection. Another thing to just talk about, too, is that we fund a lot of the FTEs outside of our budget. So we're, we're almost, almost employing 60 people in the district outside of our operating budget. So just to put that in perspective, if you on the town side, if you would look at the police department and the fire department, they have 47 employees total for those two departments. So we're almost funding a whole department, so to speak, on the town, a couple departments on the town side um, outside of our operating budget. And we do that through our grants and tuitions. So we also generate revenue that goes right to the town of Medfield. Um, one of the things that we've done in the past is, and we continue to do, is our Medicaid reimbursement program. Um, so that involves, uh, that's only money that the school department can generate, and that involves our staff um, looking at schedules and making sure that they uh, put down the time they work with certain students. And we submit all that information. When we submit all that, we get money back. And sometimes it takes a while for that to come in. Um, some years are better than others with that in terms of the federal reimbursement with Medicaid. But so far in the last, our last uh, few months, uh, actually more than a few months, almost a year, a year and a half, it's been 19,000. Um, in FY22 and FY23, we had budget turnbacks combined of 163,000. So those turnbacks are at the end of the fiscal year. Um, if we have money left over, we send it back to the town. That's what we do. We don't just try to buy a bunch of things and just try to spend it. No, we, we, we're all on the same team. We we put money back, and that's our turn back, 163, 683. And then um, Owen's done some really, really good work with grants on um, technology purchases, and uh, we got a reimbursement on that this past year, and that went directly back to the town. So that was 109,000. So in the last couple of years, uh, we've, we've returned and generated for the town 292,301, so almost 
300,000 in that generation. Again, that that's only money that we can do as a school district. So I, I'm gonna do a, a kind of a high level review of the transition into full day kindergarten for all. And that's just because it's part of this budget process. But I think uh, probably at the February meeting or, or meeting after that, um, Michael and I will probably do a more in depth to kind of go through the process and uh, maybe drag Missy in too to, to do that process too. So just looking at um, the transition plan with the revenue and what we're looking at for students. Um, so in FY24, our current year, we are getting um, tuition from 173 students. And we have the asterisk there because we have some students on scholarship and some students on reduced rate, and we did not include them in this number. Um, so that's, that's 605,500 uh, of total revenue. So we're looking at reducing tuition in our recommendation next year, 2,750. Um, and again, we're projecting 172 students, and we took into account some of the students that um, would, would be on scholarship or reduced rate. So we reduced what the projection is to 172, and that gives us a revenue of 473. And then further in FY26, reducing tuition to 1,500 and having 158 full-paying students as a total revenue of 237. And then we liked, we, our plans, we'd like to have FY27, um, zero tuition for full-day kindergarten for all students uh, with 228 students projected that year. And that's, that's the big bump that's coming through that group. Uh, I think those are COVID kids based on the timing of that. So uh, we, have, we have a large group of kids coming through that we'll have to plan for as we go through, as they go through the grade levels. Um, so that's, that's the overview in terms of the, the revenue piece. So if you look at what we have for beginning balances in the revolver and then the disbursements through payroll and expenses. So FY24, we had a beginning balance of 373,000 and we collected the tuition that we talked about on the previous slide. Um, our direct payroll in FY24, the current fiscal year is 453 and then expenses related to the full day kindergarten program at 15,000. So we project to have an ending balance at the end of this year uh, at 508-831. So in the next couple of years, what we're going to start to do is um, remove teachers and remove teachers out of the revolving account and put them in the operating budget, which is why you'll see the numbers on direct payroll go down each year. But those now will go into the into the actual budget. So that will increase on the operating side, but decrease on the revolving side. Um, our plan is to keep um, as many right now we're paying six teaching assistants out of the revolving account for kindergarten. Our plan is to keep them in the revolving account as long as we can. So the, the push right now for the next three years would be to slowly move the teachers out of revolving and put them into the operating, um, but keep the teaching assistants in as long as we can. So we'll still have tuition for preschool and um, you know, we'll have to take a look at what the, the, the tuition rates are for that in the, in the future. Um, but that's that's kind of a quick overview. And again, I think we'll we'll probably spend a lot more time on this in either February or March that will go into real details. So you can take a look at, at what it looks like. But this was the high level overview to make sure that you understand how it fits into the, the, the FY25 budget. So we always take a look at the area area per pupil expenditures. Um, and this is a way that the state allows apples to apples comparisons uh, of school districts. So you get a chance to see it, this is what everyone spends on every cent on education. Um, and you'll see where we are right now. So um, we're at 18,769 
And um, you know, the average is a little over 20,000 in the state. So just to put it in perspective, if we were spending the average per pupil, that our budget would be 3.3 million more. So we're still under the state average in per pupil expenditure. And if you look at some of our neighbors, we're lower uh, spending than Millis, Foxborough, Norwood, Sherburne, Westwood, Needham, Dedham, Dover. Dover is spending, you know, almost 7,000 more per kid. So um, that, that certainly adds up. And, and I know we've had this conversation before. Uh, we're in much better shape than we were years ago. I think years ago we were really, really below a lot of districts, but we've made, we've made some gains in that area. Um, but we're still, you know, compared to other districts, uh, a lot lower and in below the state average. So I'm gonna go through the analysis a bit and, and do by, go by um, buildings um, and, and an overview of the entire budget. So looking at budget areas, student services, uh, direct district services, excuse me, and policy administration, um, you'll see one of the biggest budget drivers we have here, um, student services were increase of 16 to 16.2% or a change of over $500,000. Um, district and policy administration, um, 3.5 and 5.7. The policy administration is a reclassification of a position that was in student services before that has been reclassified into policy administration. That's a special education position. So that reclassification had it jump up a bit. Let's take a look at student services. Um, you'll see pretty, pretty standard costs in terms of a district-wide staff. Um, our support staff and the out-of-district tuition um, is something that has really been a, a budget driver for us. Uh, we've done a really good job, and Mary and her team have done an unbelievable job with um, developing programs in district and keeping kids here. But I think there's there's just sometimes we cannot provide what a student needs, and we need to find an alternative placement. And that's kind of where we're at right now with some students. So. Um, we're looking at out-of-district tuition at $1.2 million for FY25, um, which is, you know, really an increase of over half, about half a million dollars for over this year. Uh, district services, um, looking at our district-wide staff, maintenance staff, et cetera. Um, again, this is some of the, the stuff that DESE has. Is we have the maintenance and summer help in the same classification as our research and development. Um, our teacher retirement and sick leave buyback, we have money in there. So... Um, teachers that have that are grandfathered into the contract, if they have sick leave, they can purchase some of their um, their sick leave back when they retire. Not all can do that, but teachers that have been here a while can do that. Um, so supplies and equipment, et cetera. It's in general education, transportation is the big driver there. So that's the 1.6 million. Um, so that's that's our our general education, transportation. That also includes the late bus. So the late bus has been in in operation for two years in Medfield. And, um, you know, we, we feel like that's a real equity issue for kids and something that we wanted to do for a long time. So we feel it's important to keep that in there. Uh, right now we have a ridership that ranges from five to 15 kids, depending. Uh, some days you'll have 14 or 15, some days you'll have three kids on there. Um, but it really does provide that, that equalizer for kids that maybe couldn't stay after for extra help or um, couldn't stay after for uh, theater practice um, or because they just couldn't do it. Uh, now this allows them to do that. Uh, and we're looking at a cost uh, of that for uh, $10,000 a year. Uh, we think it's important for those children to have that, so we, we put that in the budget. We've, we've had two years of it now paid through the federal grant ESSER, and now that has made its way into our general education budget. Um, policy and administration, 
Uh, you'll see what uh, typical in here, our legal fees, central office staff, our memberships to our collaborators, uh, school committee expenses, district-wide PD, et cetera. Um, and then again, textbooks finds its way in there because that's the way DESE has us organized. So looking at the summary by school, um, <clears throat> I just wanna highlight a couple of things. You'll see that uh, Memorial is at 2.8 increase and Blake is at 2.0, and that's because they have retirements in those two schools. So most of the increases you'll see with it by school are based on staffing, since staffing is 80 plus percent of all of our budgets. Um, so let's go look at it building by building. So Memorial, you'll see the principal's office, the unit A and unit B. Um, again, those increases at unit A, unit B are all negotiated in the CBA, um, and then supplies and materials and utilities, et cetera. Only a 2.8% increase there. Um, Wheelock, very similar. Increase is all based pretty much on payroll, 5.5% or a change of two point, uh, excuse me, 245,000. Dale Street consistent, really close with 246,000 increase or 5.2% and mostly um, looking at unit A staff and that those increases. Middle school, you'll see the larger, larger increases in the middle and high school in terms of the unit A staff because it's just the larger schools and more, more staff there but 2% due to retirements. And the high school at 4.5% increase, and you'll see the unit A staff at 8.5 million. So total, <clears throat> FY24 budget was 41,176,784. The request for FY25, 43,183,72 a change of 2,026,288 or an increase of 4.87. So our target from the town was 4.1. Um, we started off in December at 5.99. Um, so we're obviously a lot closer to the target. I mean, we're still working at it, looking at things we might want to uh, reduce or change, but there are definitely some costs embedded in here that we don't have a lot of control over in terms of our special education services and what we need to do uh, for transportation. So um, that 4.87 increase, it maintains our current staff and our programs and it fulfills all our obligations um, to our collective bargaining agreements with unit A, unit B, our administrative assistants, our custodians and food service, um, adds two point FTE positions and we added one and a half FTE in um, FY24 after annual town meeting due to student needs. So we had students that needed some additional supports and we were able to add those in after annual town meeting. So that was a, a 1.5 FTE total. Um, increases supplies by 35,000, increases transportation by 94. Again, 10 of that 94 is the late bus. Increases out of district tuition by 459. Increases our technology equipment by 27,000. So this is the analysis of the increase. So our teachers, unit A, steps, lanes, increases in longevity. 994,000, teaching assistant increase 43,000. You have a 0.5 assistant athletic director that was paid by, by ESSER the last two years in the budget at 31,000. Um, additional teaching assistant memorial, and we lock um, each one of those at 0.5 at 18,000. And we have an ed team leader um, at Wheelock. So this is an interesting one. So when Mary did her projections over the years, um, we, we didn't think we were gonna need this position because we had 
when she did her projections, we were still kind of in the running for the Dale Street School in the campus setting. So um, that ed team leader was going to work in the Wheelock School in the new Dale Street School, so we wouldn't have to have a different person in there. But um, you know, Mary has we've held on to it for the last couple of years, and Mary is 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 was adamant with us that we need to have a 0.5 ed team leader at Wheelock to support, which wouldn't have been there if we had this the uh, building had passed. Um, and then staff not in Unit A or Unit B, so the steps and increases. So those are other unions and non-union folks. The increase is two point, excuse me, two hundred sixty-two thousand. And then special ed education tuitions at four fifty-eight. The other district services uh, supplies we said before thirty-four tech and equipment twenty-seven. Again, transportation with ten thousand of that being the late bus. Just another view of the distribution that we always put up a pie chart just to kind of see the distribution um, over the district. And then there were additional positions that were, were asked for by the principals, directors, and or department chairs um, that did not make it in the FY25 budget, at least this, this version of it. Um, a, one full-time adjustment counselor at Dale Street, um, one math specialist at Dale Street, a 0.5 ETL at Memorial, so we did add the one for uh, Wheelock but not Memorial. Uh, 1.0 behavior therapist at Memorial, 1.0 building sub at Blake, 0.2 mass specialist at Blake, and that's just bringing someone who's 0.8 to full-time. Uh, 0.4 wellness teacher at the high school, we reduced that uh, a couple of budgets ago and haven't replaced that, and then a 0.5 administrative assistant in the district. Um, when I first got to, to Medfield, there was a full-time secretary in the curriculum slash um, instruction office in we don't have anyone in there right now, so we, although it didn't make it in this budget, we'd really like to get someone in there part-time to um, help out with the work that Christine does. So those are not in this version of the budget. Um, and then capital expenses. So the things that we've done in FY24, uh, in, at Blake, we did the auditorium renovation, 125,000 out of capital. We also got support from MCP on that, which was really awesome. Um, a gymnasium roof replacement at the high school. That roof has been leaking forever. Uh, we finally got that done over the summer. Um, asbestos flooring and abatement and replacement at Dale Street. Uh, the fire alarm panel had some issues here at the high school and um, the chief asked us to make sure that we had that fixed over the summer. So we did that, so that was an additional 25,000. And then ceiling tile replacement and lighting upgrade at Dale Street. So looking at FY25, what we're trying to do is um, we had the tennis court repairs at the high school, <clears throat> excuse me, on the FY24, but it, it, they were backed up and they couldn't get that done, the, the company that does that. We have to look at boiler replacement at Blake. Uh, fortunately, that's going to be paid for and portioned by a Green Communities Grant. Uh, we locked to replace the pneumatic temp controls, also being paid somewhat, somewhat with a Green Communities Grant. Uh, resurfacing of the parking lots here at the high school and the middle school, they haven't been done in a long, long time. So we need to kind of get that done. They're looking, uh, they're looking ragged and starting to break down. And then uh, again, more Dale, more Dale Street stuff with the ceiling tiles, the carpet, and asbestos abatement that we have. We have that ongoing every single year in capital uh, because it needs to be done. So we don't know when, when or if we'll ever get new buildings. We wanna make sure that we can continue to make that a good environment for, for our kids and for our teachers. Um, so that's where we are with capital. Um, going forward with our budget, we have uh, four additional school committee meetings to have conversations about this and make changes. Um, you'll see February, two in March, and one in April. Um, the Warrant Committee will be meeting with us in February. 
um, and Ed's here tonight and he thinks it might be the 13th. We got to check our schedules for that. And then town meeting the final budget on May 6th. And when we get to that number, it's never an official budget until it's voted at town meeting. So I'm happy to answer any questions from the committee and then certainly open it up for the community as well. Thank you. Thank you as well. I know it's a lot of work and over there. Um, I hear your questions. You know, it, so just the most recent, you just said something about the school parking lots resurfacing. Yes. I know they're kind of tough out there. Would we do that before we did the solar? Because wouldn't that be affected with like the canopies and stuff? Or should we... So um, we just got a report. Was it yesterday, Michael, on the solar? Um, yesterday on the solar for the high school. So we're looking at doing um, solar at Blake right now and then at Memorial. Uh, we, we cannot do the solar project at Blake anymore by the parking lots. Um, just the, on the roof? Just the one on the roof because um, the rows... I'm going to say, what is it, Rose Rose Bay project? Yeah, so the Rose Bay project is happening apparently, um, and then that that actually goes into our parking lot area, so we're not going to be able to do that. So we have to kind of figure that all out too, because what they sent us, it looks like some of our parking lot and our driveway is in their land on their land, so we have to kind of figure that out too. But that, um, yeah, so we wouldn't do anything where we have to dig for that. Will to answer your question? We wouldn't resurface that yet. So while we're talking about solar, because I was curious looking at um, kind of like the electricity and the utilities, what when we're able to get solar, where what are we anticipating like percentage or actual numbers in regards to the decrease that we'll see for some of these bills? So uh, the way the structure is there. Michael, you might want to go to the over there just to have a microphone. I don't have the contract on me, okay. but the way it's structured is that there's a set um, amount that you're paying for kilowatts that you're going to be locked into for a period of time. Right. That cost is going to be slightly more than what we're currently paying. So the the savings is within that 20-year span, not immediately, not immediately within that okay. one year. Okay. So the cost that we'll see is going to be over time, but Correct. won't really affect any of the budgets over the next, like... Two, three, Correct. Okay. You'll also notice there's been reductions in electricity um, and, and utilities. Uh, Michael really went through um, <clears throat> and looked at some of our historical usage and was able to reduce some of the budget, which is great. As long as the weather cooperates. <laughs> Correct. I have. Um, if, if it's, you're all thinking of it, some of my questions are more, I'll call them knit type, just, just to make sure, and then a couple are a little more um, meaty. Um, early, you just said, I want to make sure I get, understand it. Um, you mentioned the assumption is the circuit breaker at 75%, right? and then you referenced 90%. <clears throat> so MASS is lobbying the state right now for 90%. Um, I'm sure MASC will be doing the same. Uh, but that we're, we're assuming it's going to be 75 because that's what the, actually what the, the governor had in her budget yesterday was 75. I just know that they're lobbying hard for 90%, just like they're also lobbying hard for 125 per student increase instead of a 30. So and, if they get more than that'd be helpful for us, but we're okay. not counting on it. So that, that may be an incremental roughly 140 K is that like, that would be 20% of the 730. 
Yeah, we're not. No, we're not it, counting on. It. I'm yeah. just saying they're lobbying. That's all. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's a form of Fed um, system, so we have to look at individual students on IEPs and make take their cost <clears throat> back out what they call the found uh, a a um, set foundation budget that they set for that tuition, and then take ninety percent on top of that. Michael, can you just speak in the microphone? I know people want to hear because I, I can't hear you either. Uh, so you. when it comes to Circuit Breaker, and Mary does all of it, um, uh, what happens is they don't do it on a uh, specific um, total. They do it on an individual basis depending on the child's IEP. So we'd ha uh, Mary has to take in consideration all the costs that are associated with that child. They back out what they have as a base tuition, which I think it's going to be 57.2. I think I'm not 100% sure. You back that out, and then they take 90% of what that total is for that individual child. And then, you, so you have to do that for all students, and okay. then you get a total. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and if, if nothing else, the thought is you're, you're being conservative on the. Right. Figure. Absolutely. And I, I forget. Is circuit breaker what you you receive it and then you actually apply it the following year? The following year. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Can I ask? A, can I jump in, Tim? Yes. I have a yeah, definitely. About this was letting breakers. you kind of digest yep. and, and sort so. Of. Right. It looks like for the circuit breaker, the school, the kids that we need to send, right, that we can't educate in our system. Mm -hmm. Like it's twenty this year, and then you're projecting going down to eighteen mm -hmm. for next year. I guess. You know, that's an estimate based on who you know is already in the district. But how right. are we planning for kids who may move in that we're not accounting for? Do we have like an excess fund or are we? So we, we typically of... have a carryover circuit breaker okay. just for that particular case if something happens. Um, we Michael really likes to carry over a lot. He, he really <laughs> we, we talk about it all the time. He, he wants to have a reserve so that. Um, if that does happen where someone moves in or if there's someone that's not on the radar that needs additional services right. that percolates up, um, then we'll we'll have the the funds to provide the services the child needs. So yeah, we definitely carry over and have, you Extra. can carry over circuit breaker one year. Yeah. You can't do it in perpetuity. It's one year, that's it. If, if, you, if you have a circuit breaker for FY25, you can carry it over the next year, but you have to spend all that, that the next or you'll year. lose it. Okay. Yeah, so, so, I just so we add, spend that first. So okay. I just want to add, those 20 kids are actually 20 kids from last year that we get. So they were, were a year behind in circuit breaker. Okay. Yes. So, so the eighteen is actually this year's number. This current. Okay. Number. Okay. Yes, that helps. Thank you. And you look at the history. You'll see. We look at the top of that page. It's at one back. point, we had thirty-five. Right. Yeah. So we had a lot of students out. So we really brought that down a lot. I mean, it ebbs and flows, but there was a time where it was in the thirties. Yeah, I saw lot. that. Um, and, and this is somewhat related, so I'll stay there. But your like your student services increase is the bigger, you know, one of the larger ones, and you're saying, you know, I think it shows 1.2 is the out of district tuition. Is there any trends that would say, hey, there's a certain service that if we offered, we may be you know better equipped to keep them in the district? Yeah, I mean, Mary does a great job with that. I think whenever we start to see something where um, we have students. You know, multiple students that that need similar services. You know, one of the things, and again, I don't want to harp on this, but one of the things that makes it difficult um, <clears throat> from Mary's perspective and for kids' perspective is our structure at elementary school. 
so it's expensive to, to start a program at every single school if you need a, if you need a particular program, which is why we really wanted to have that that campus setting at, at Wheelock so that we could develop a program there and you could have that wide swath of grades of kids actually being in there because you're on the same campus. So that that makes it difficult to develop programs. You'll notice most of the programs we developed have been for older kids because uh, at the middle school or high school, it's it's a lot easier to do it because you're at that one one particular place. So I think, you know, the structure is. The structure is our structure. It is what it is. But um, I think it's it, it doesn't lend itself sometimes to develop elementary programs based on um, kids being in three different schools. But yes, to answer your question, Tim, absolutely. It's and it's an interesting one because you put your, you know, tonight it's more about our finance hat and our budget hat and pay that savings. The other side is it's not a finance. No, nobody, the families and the its kids don't want to go out either. No, right. right? So it's no. just. It's just so I would say a good example of that is when we had our um, extended program beyond eighteen, and we had students that were going to our collaborative, um, and then Mary had looked at that whole program and, and decided to develop it in house. So now we have one in house, and we tuition students from other districts into our programs. That's a good example of how we've done that in the past. And, and Tim, the actual cost is the one point two plus the circuit breaker, which is that seven hundred thousand. Okay. No, it's a, it's a, it's just an interesting to um, see it, and it's comforting to know that, that yeah, we're we're constantly looking at well, for sure. where the trends, themes, is it you know certain school or age group, and you know where possible, sometimes applying you know or finding that additional FTE it may look in the budget as an additional head, and and it it's you know applied to those services um, makes sense. Um, and I, I, my questions, they were kind of mixed. Some were just more almost operating or, as I say, mitts. Um, one was, um, and this is probably in the budget book, but for Tri-County and Aggie, um, that's not part of this budget, but it is part of the town's budget. The town's budget. Correct. Mm -hmm. well, the the <clears throat> Norfolk Aggie part of it's in our budget. It, it is, but we, we fight that every year because Correct. it's really not our role to pay that. But so, it does find its way in our budget. So then that, then that just shows up as a line item that we will see in the town meeting. Where, where does it typically show up? It's on the line line by line item budget you have. The one that's online, the one you have, yeah, it's on there. Even though it's, it's, at, the part, it's at the end. Okay, even yeah. though it's part of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and the other one, and, and actually this, this is related, and I'll again circle it back to other members of the committee. Um, uh, the first, I, you, you've spoken one-on-one -on -one to me, but I think it it was worth sharing. Like the, the drivers behind the full day kindergarten for all, mm -hmm. like just that kind of what what was behind that is is that evolved because that's also a you know the budget numbers go up, right? Um, and again, when you put that hat on, you might say, "Hey, why are you doing it?" Um, you know, and, and then there's a whole other school of thought around it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think first of all, um, what we've seen since we've implemented full day kindergarten is the majority, the overwhelming majority of parents want it. Um, but what we started seeing, and uh, Missy can attest to this, is that uh, we started to have students who could really benefit from full day kindergarten, but it was cost prohibitive for their families. Um, and we've we've seen it for more than a couple of years now. And we have, you know, we're starting to get Title I again. We, we have changing demographics in our community, whether people want to admit it or not, we are. Um, and I think that is something that <clears throat> is, was the driving force behind that, where you have students that 
need that additional instruction. They may not have gotten a quality preschool experience so that you know, it puts them behind the eight ball right there. Uh, and then we wanted to make sure they had a, the opportunity to be in full day kindergarten like every other kid in Medfield. So that's the thinking behind it. We, we actually worked with the Medfield Foundation over the summer this year um, to get scholarship money so that, so that students in half day could attend full day. So we don't have um, any half day program per se now. Everyone's in a full day classroom right now. Um, and Medfield Foundation supported those families that, that needed that. So we, we feel like um, over the next two years, we're going to transition into a, a place where every kid in Medfield can go to full day kindergarten, not pay tuition, have the same opportunity. So that's kind of the, the thinking behind why we did what we did and why we, while we're presenting what we're presenting. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it helped me. It's great to see it um, as that goes. And one was um, somewhat confusing, but you talk a little bit about the teachers funded by the revolving fund. Mm -hmm. um, when we look at it, the FTE numbers, do, do they roll up? So the FTE numbers in the operating budget? Yes. Like you'll see one particular teacher in there that um, is listed as uh, 0.7, but she's a full-time teacher because she was always she was fully in the revolving account now 0.7 of her is in the operating and only 0.3 of her is in the um is in the revolving account so we're, that we're transitioning people from revolving into the operating budget so you're going to see every year more so it's one fde right now this year but there'll be two was it two more michael next year or three more three three more next year um from the kindergarten and then we're going to keep the the six teaching assistants in the revolving account as long as we can afford to do that. I know you said we're going to get a deeper dive we on will. the FDK. Mm -hmm. um, I did have one quick question, though, because we see right now that there's positions that were asked that are not going to make this year's budget. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would be surprised if the need went away for any of these positions. So some well, of them the needs might... for every single one of them is still there. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And they probably will be a need next year as well for mm -hmm. some of these same type of things. You guys feel free to add them in there. Your budget after tonight, so you, you add what you want. My question is, will uh, will adding the kindergarten teachers into the operating budget push some of these aside? Like, will those... Could. Okay. You could. I mean, you, you got you to gotta make a value judgment, right? What's more important at this point? And I yeah. think that if you're looking at, you know, you fund what you value, and we feel like full-day kindergarten is the most important thing out of some, uh, in, instead of some of those other ones, you know? It's on, you have to make those decisions. But you can certainly add them if you like. We'll be happy to have them. And Michelle, can you just clarify that? Right. So we're talking about right now the, you know, some of the uh, kindergarten teachers are being uh, paid out of the revolver account, but we're going to be taking them from the revolver account, and they're going to be paid from the operating budget. But when you stick a teacher in the operating budget, these asks right here are what's not making the operating budget, right? So my question was, when we bring them in, this need isn't going to go away, so how does that... Then we just yeah. end up with competing priorities, I guess. I'm just clarifying yeah. that that's what we'll end up with. Yeah, I'm just kind of going... On. I, I was trying to better understand that, it, it, but it, it makes sense. And yeah, they, I thought it was pretty creative what we did this year with, with the um, Medfield Foundation. Right? It was very generous with Medfield yeah, Foundation. You'd, you'd great, if, if great to work with. And uh, Medfield Outreach, by the way, too. They were a big help with us that too, with that, too. But again, that invest in that and it also helps us it's, it's all the way through k through 12. right right like that that's definitely the logic 
And talking about one of the things that wasn't asked for was the 1.0 building sub at Blake. Do we have building subs at our other schools? No. We don't have that model, right? Like So we do at some. Yeah, we do at some. Um, so the high school had the model forever. The high school had it, what do you think, Robert, for over 20 years. So the high school always had that. Um, and the gentleman that was the building sub um, retired Finally, he was retired before, came back, and he retired again. Yeah. Um, so we've actually had a hard time filling that position. Uh, we can't seem to get someone that wants to do that. So there are uh, building subs. Wheelock has one. I forget. I forget who I has think it. they have double rows. We've, we've jumped yeah. around on a little bit. but Well, I, I ask a little bit because when I went through the, the line item uh, budget, is that what that's called? Um, there's uh, like... I don't know, 22 items that were, the 23, 23 actual budget was very high. And I think just looking at some of them, like a lot of it was our was our sub stuff, if I'm interpreting this right. But it was like, we had budgeted for like $70,000, just looking at a couple, there's, there's more there, but I just have like four that were just, they stood out to me because they were very high in our 2023 Maternity actual. leaves. What's that? Maternity leaves. That's what a lot of them is, so yeah. it's just something we can't predict, mm -hmm. right? Cause it's like, we spent two thirty just on like four line items I'm looking at where it budgeted 70. That's what that is. Attorney leaves. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we have to, when Michael classifies them, he has to classify short-term um, substitutes, professional development substitutes, long-term. So that's all. Yeah. That's the ST yeah. here. So that's a couple that I'm looking at. There's mm -hmm. just obviously nothing we can really do about that. Right. No, no. We, we get surprised with that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> got, got an email yesterday about it. So yeah. Well, yeah. It's we just, get I it. like the idea of like a, a a building sub, right? Because we have people, someone you know, and all that. But like, our substitute budget gets gets blown blown out of the water. Yeah. And and we deal with paternity leaves also. Yeah, that's sure. that's new. Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. the paternity leaves are new. So yeah. Uh, my other like general question. I don't know if it's too general where I might have to sit down with with you, Jeff or Michael. Is like of all the stuff um, I found, you know, um, twenty four items or whatever that. 24 items that were, uh, we we budgeted a lot more than we have. So it might be a more nuanced conversation, mm -hmm. but just like, I wanna ask generally um, for things where like we're budgeting, you know, f and I understand we only have one actual here because we're working through 24, so mm -hmm. that's a little harder, but we have things that are budgeted for 40, 45,000, you know, 40,000 this year, 45 next, and we only spent 12 last year. There's actually two like that, there's another, where it's like nine or 10,000, we spent 4,000, or even for like textbooks, we spent $300. So I, I get it's probably too broad of a question, but why why do we opt not to like reel those things in, I guess? Well, I, don't know, I, so, I hope that what I'm trying to say makes some sense. No, it does. Sometimes so they're contractual. So, so sometimes they're contractual. So if they're um, related to professional development or conference and travel in a certain area, they're contractual and say a principal's contract or yeah. whatever. So I just um, like the forty-two thousand for the teachers and their um, course reimbursement. That mostly gets used, but that's contractual. Sure. Um, but Michael, I don't know if you want to. Yeah. So so there's there's items in there that are um, in the certain unions contracts that are dollar amount that we have to budget for. Okay. Um, and. Correct. There's years that it's used. There's years that it's not used. Um, but there's also the, the principals have the discretion. So um, if, for instance, the textbook line item is looks like the actual is lower, right? 
you'll check their supply line item, that should be higher because sometimes they'll go over in one line and under in another line depending on what they need for that school or that period of time. So they might have budget, let's say, $2,000 for uh, textbooks, but something happened that they have to use some of that textbook money into supplies. So they, they as long as they don't go over within their categories, yeah. they can go over within those lines. Okay, so that might be some of it too. Some of the stuff, I don't know exactly where it would match up. Okay. So yeah. leadership, discretion, and contractual and, and, stuff might be- Yeah, we can go some, through all that too. And well, we can, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I will, I just yeah. you know, didn't catch you guys in the last couple of days when I was looking at this. Didn't try to. <laughs> We're hard to catch. Yeah, right. I just, I, I also, I, I think it's typically is the question I ask or somebody asks, but I, like my, I, my head gravitates towards the additional positions not recommended, right? And, and my assumption is we're being pretty creative to try to keep that list as small as possible, right? Like how can we run more efficiently? Um, the Without doing the exact math, though, it seems like more of them are towards the SEL related, mm -hmm. you know, adjustment counselors things. So that that's the only area, like that's one area that I always say, hey, that can hurt. <laughs> that can really hurt us for a long, long mm -hmm. time or hurt, you know, our, our, our kids. Um, so I, you know, I, I guess that that's where kind of my head goes. I, I also just think, Dr. Marsden, as you go through this and you bring this forward how does how do you feel how does the team you know to your right feel like it you know compared to other years do we feel pretty good do we like man this was a little harder than years past and I, I know that might be a tough um, question to it's not as quanti qual, uh, qual, quantitative as always but just generally speaking well i we, think we, we take ownership of it right and then we you know we're going to be trying to work to fill the gaps so i just wanted to kind of get a sense of what we're well, I think one of the things that we found easier this year is that we were given given guardrails by the warrant committee on where to be, right? So that had never happen, happened for us before. So I think that was really helpful for us to understand, have a target where you want to be. And, and we, when we started in December and we had all the positions and everything that was requested and we came out at 599, then we could take a look at it and see if we got to get close to that target. We got to get closer. And then more information came in and got us close. So in that regard, I think it was a better process knowing what the expectations were around that. I think it's difficult because everyone sitting to the right here uh, wants those positions for their building. And I think that becomes really difficult to, again, you're making value judgments on what position you need and what position you don't. And I think everyone there made a really good case for every position that they've asked for. Um, you know, They had individual meetings with us and, and advocated for their buildings or their department. And I think at some point you have to we have to make a decision on on what goes in and what doesn't. I don't think there's any nice to haves in there. I think those are all really good positions that are needed. Yeah. Uh, but um, we just went through and made those decisions. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. The, the ta you know, I mean, yeah, a lot of them are adjustment type or math. Yeah, you know, like for sure. <laughs> just the hardcore. Um, I know I've I've asked a, a bunch. Um, I want to appreciate. The extra time. If there's other, I think us as a committee, we can continue to ask. I don't know if it would be a good time to open it up um, to the general, you know, anyone else in here. If there's questions, I think the process is approach the mic. 
share your name and, and um, street and uh, what your question may be. And do we have anyone on Zoom? There's a couple people on Zoom. So if you're on Zoom and you want to ask a question, you can raise your Zoom hand. Um, we ask that you just turn your camera on when you're brought over to ask your question. Do the Jeopardy music now. Nobody's um, raising their hand. Okay. I'm just checking my notes. I was just also, I had a few questions I was checking. So if, if there's no uh, comments uh, or no questions um, from the public, is, is everyone else okay? There's nobody on Zoom right now that wants to Yeah, I was saying either, either or. It's, I mean, I, I just want to ask, random, it's it's the actual line item budget, so it's not random, I don't, I'm just not clear about that. I'm saying random because compared to other districts that I've seen on the budget information now, they do not put out a laundry list of just line items. It's not a laundry list, that is the actual budget. I understand that. Okay. That's what, that's what this is. And that is not on the website. It will be tomorrow. That's your opinion. It will be tomorrow. I'm just saying. Communication transparency actually helps people work together. Thank you. Um, Are you going sure. to, what was the first part, Chris? The um, fiscal year 23 actual expenses for school committee were so much higher than budgeted. Do you know? Do you know what line? Line one and two. So actual was 27 in FY 23, and the budget was 14. <clears throat> I'd have to. I have to look it up. I don't. Know. Do you know, Michael? Yeah, th those were uh, some of the initiatives that 
we had for last year. I can't, you know, I have to pull the invoices, but those were some of the initiatives that the school committee had for last year. Yeah, we, we can look into it uh, yep, on, on there. I, we, haven't, we haven't gone in there. I, I think, um, you know, we're going through a pretty significant budget overarching, right? So you can always, I, I would like to better understand um, double of last year. Um, well, I just double what the budget was. So I don't know if it's double what we spent in, in FY22, but it's double what the FY23 budget was. So my question is, and we've, we've watched how our projections of that enrollment, kindergarten enrollment, have not been realized in the past. So my question is, what happens to the allocations that are put aside now for kindergarten? Um, for this belief that kindergarten enrollment is going to grow, um, what happens if it doesn't? What happens to the dollars not allocated to that if it doesn't? For FY25 or beyond? So if we don't hit that target number for FY25, what happens? Yes. Um, I think that Missy has a pretty good idea of what those numbers are based on, on what she has for data. So I think we're pretty comfortable with those. But if not, we'd have to maybe look at adjusting what the transition plan might be if, if it's severely lower. I don't know. We'd have to look at that. Missy, what do you use for um, other data for kindergarten? Expectations for kindergarten coming in? Uh, Missy, if you don't mind, maybe uh, the mic, just so if anybody's listening, they can hear. And even so I can hear as well. <laughs> Historically, just to follow on, I'm not trying to interrupt the questions. It's just historically, as we project kindergarten, and, you know, versus what actually happens, are we usually, you know, how, how close are we typically? The plus or minus? I would say it depends on the year. But depends on the year. <laughs> Unless people decide to hold their kids back, which which happens, you know, we can't control that. Okay, I'm and sorry. Go ahead. With the other questions, with the other questions, Chris. Yeah, Thanks, Misty. Yeah, there are some years that there. Again, it depends on the year. We have some years it's under ten, and some years it's you know fifteen or twenty. So it, it all depends. 
I'm just wondering if there, other than working through the bus, bus contract with the, the firm that we have, is there another way to provide that transportation that's less expensive? Um, and it's also more environmentally friendly because when you have a 70 seat bus that's sitting there and it's running every single day and it's 85 to 90% empty, it's really not in, in a, a good use of environmental, uh, it's an environmental issue because it's not in use of uh, that vehicle. So is there an ability to get a smaller bus? Is there an ability to use the warrior van? Is there another creative way to get those, give those children, those students transportation without incurring the cost and environmental impacts that we have with the forward bus? Well, we do have access to a smaller bus, but I don't know if we have access to it after school. We have it during the day. Um, so any of the runs that are on Elm Street in that area, we don't put a large bus up there because of the bridge in that turn that if you're going towards Walpole past Wheelock. So we have a smaller bus that does that route. Um, Warrior van is used a lot with sports teams. Um, we've actually um, have used the senior center vans before. That's been really helpful, but we, they use those as well. Park and Rec has many vans, but they, they're using those all the time. They can't have a, a daily schedule. So it's probably something we could look at, Chris, but I don't, I don't you know. Yeah. I, I, I just want to add, um, you have to take in consideration um, once you have a specific school bus, because that's what it would be considered, that you have to have uh, two inspections a year. Your insurance, it goes up. You, you have to have the cost for a driver, benefits for that driver. And if you add all that up, it would be more than $10,000 a year. Who has ever said that? I have never said that. I've never ever said that. I'm sure you will, but I've never said that. Uh, but I, I mean, the, the, just That's outrageous. The, the um, I love what you're at. The original question makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like, um, I also do think what Michael's saying is, unfortunately, it's to make sure we can do it reliably with the late school. I, I'm afraid we would have to. We have to negotiate that as part of our bus contracts. Correct. What I would wonder is, we can't be the only school that is doing this with similar results. And it would make a lot of sense that they say, hey, they have um, some smaller buses or things like that to manage this. It, you know, like I, I think where we started is a great place to start. And um, yeah. I'm not sure where we're going with um, what was just brought up. I was confused by that, which is justification for bust fees. And like, I'm, I'm not sure if that's, that seems like it's just not necessarily one in the, that may be a different topic and maybe we bring it up um, as a separate topic. addressing 
policy, though, with any kind of message in this presentation <clears throat> or at a school committee meeting that ties the budget to the things that we are going to work on to improve the things, to improve the gaps, um, whether it comes out of MCAS results and other assessments. I mean, our teachers are amazing. They do amazing work. And they deserve to have the support of our school, the school committee and a presentation that says, we're going to tie the budget dollars to the gaps, the academic gaps that we see, um, whether it's in literacy, whether it's in other areas. And again, that presentation was wonderful that you see it. This is a budget question. This isn't a curriculum question. This is a budget question. And I think it's I think the community deserves, as other citizens have said in Lexington and other districts and their school committee budget meetings, where are we tying the budget to these changes that need to be made to close academic hours. That's missing from us today. Appreciate the feedback. Thank you. Yeah, I think I would comment because we don't too frequently have forums like this. That's why we have a public forum. Um, I think we're progressing in areas around um, setting and establishing clear goals, whether it's at the administration or, or school committee level. Um, beginning to try to measure and share and, and report in a regular way. Um, we, we have had some conversations around too. That I, I, you know, like how much do we tie the academic, you know, success or, you know, however you want to call it to the budget? And then how much do you tie the other elements that go in? We, we, we're, you know, I think we're, You'll, you'll see with, with the strategic plan, we're starting to put out a kind of a scorecard, which is how are we measuring against that? And I've looked at that as an evolving process. Um, I always think of it as if we, like, if we do it really rushed, it may not be done right. So I, I appreciate it. I think it's good. It's a fair comment. I think iron sharpens iron. Like we'd like to see a little more, um, how can I put dollars to, you know, results and grades. Um, you know, I think we are moving in that direction, you know, continuing to move, maybe not at the pace you want. And, and for that, we, we, we're going to continue to try. Um, but we, we are, you know, we're trying to continue to bring that qualitative, um, more of that qualitative elements to, to that. Um, but it's just, it's, I, I don't think we've used a formula historically that says this dollar equates to, you know, no. this MCAS result. And I know, I know you're not asking for that, but. Well, That's not what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is that we have, we have a Boston Globe major media outlet that can write for quite some time now, weeks upon weeks, about literacy issues in all the schools. Medville has been named as a school that has low quality curriculum for, for early literacy. We have this amazing report that Christine led and her team led on all the things that we plan to do to address our big literacy gaps. It's, it's great. I mean, I can, I can list, I can pull down things, curriculum changes, teacher, teacher <coughs> development, introduction of a structured phonics-based spelling program, expansion of libraries with high-quality text. I'm, I'm guessing that those specific recommendations that were in that report are going to cost money. And it would be really wonderful as people are reading these new major media articles in the Boston Globe, and, and they're wondering, well, what, what's going on in that bit? From a budgeting process, it's so important to be able to tell 
that we recognize that these are problems of weak decision and so we need to improve. And here in this year's budget, or the, the budget for FY25, here are some specific ways that we're going to be addressing them. Simple. It, it, it's, just, it's just simple. It's a great way to educate the community and it's a great way to address potential gaps. And it helps everybody work together. But we don't talk about this. I didn't even that report, that wonderful report that this issue's had, and they even discussed this with the How is that okay? Thank you for your comments. Kristen Simonini, 431 Main Street. Full disclosure, uh, former member of the school for your comments Thanks. and your service. Um, any other comments uh, from the public? Anyone else on Zoom? Um, how does uh, this group feel about, you know, are we prepared to vote? We to close the I know that. I know that. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting with the program. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I just, uh, before closing out the meeting, that's what I say. Is there any other? Based on the comments we've heard, any other questions that, that come up? Um, okay. So, um, one, Dr. Marston, again, thank, thank you to you. Thank you to Michael and, and your teams. I, I know it's a great deal of work. Um, 
thank you for those who are here and th thank you for your comments. I, I'm sincere. The expression iron sharpens iron. Um, we, we do, uh, we listen, we try to um, address and, and get better, which I think will continue as, as best we can. Um, and uh, with that, I think I'd, we can probably close out the public hearing. Do we take a, I forget, do we take a nomination? A motion. A motion to uh, close that out. I'd like to make a motion to close the FY25 uh, public budget hearing. Okay. I hear a second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Uh, so we'll close it out. Um, then the... Okay, and then it's between, um, I guess, uh, I'll say it, and, and is, is there a motion to accept the FY25 budget as was presented in the materials? Uh, so moved. Second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, I think it's four ayes. Okay, thanks very much. Um, and but wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, not not saying that. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, before we open that up, thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. I've been informed the presentation was already posted online, so okay. just in case you guys want. To. Okay. Okay. Was a question on that. The presentation's online. Yes. And uh, so now I'd, I'd like to um, open up our uh, regular scheduled school committee meeting with other items on the agenda. Um, so we'll open it up uh, with the roll call uh, tonight here. Michelle Kirkby here. Will Horn here. Diana Frischella here. Okay, uh, thank you. And um, again, uh, we'll start with public input. Uh, members of the public will be welcome to comment during the public input through Zoom. If you're doing it on Zoom, please raise your Zoom hand. Um, and whether you're on Zoom or in the room, share your name and, and address. Um, if you're on Zoom, we ask that you keep your camera on. And uh, in either case, that you follow school committee policy for public input, including speaking for no more than three minutes and only on topics under the purview of the school committee. So uh, with that, is there any public input, either on Zoom or in the room? Thank you for your input. Any other comments? Um, no hands are raised online. Okay. Um, so items on the consent agenda. Um, approval of the regular meeting minutes from January 8th, 2024. And um, donations. And that's uh, 
My only thing is we're not as light. It's not as um, I know it's darker. Yeah. Can you read it? Sure. Don't yeah. want to get them wrong. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't, if you don't mind. Sure. If your eyes are any better. Uh, donations: two thousand three hundred forty dollars and sixty-four sixty-five cents from Grenon Barrett to be deposited in the Blake Middle School gift account, and two thousand seven hundred eighty-nine dollars and forty-nine cents from Shutterfly to be deposited in the Wheelock gift account. Okay. Um, I always ask, I think I know the answer. Is anything we want to call out of the consent agenda? No. Okay. Um, do we have a motion to approve the items on the consent agenda? So moved. Okay. Second. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Thank you. Um, new business. I think, uh, Dr. Marston, were you going to speak to that, to the Madeline Grant Scholarship? award recipient yes so every january we we get um the the grades for the students that were recognized for the madeline uh, grant scholarship award and the, the grades are in your packet they're not public because it's private for the for the students uh, but you get to see what they are um, i ask that you approve the release of funds uh, for the madeline l grant scholarship um, in the amount of three thousand dollars for each of medfield high school graduates um, mary catherine benson and audrey callahan I ask to approve as presented. Okay. Do I hear a motion? Motion to approve. Yes. Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank Aye. you. The town will release that money to them. Thank you. Okay. Uh, any other items since posting on January 22nd? No, Mr. Chair. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, uh, strategic plan update. And, uh, Dr. Marson, you're going to leave that. I am, yes. So in your materials, um, as we decided in September that we we're going to have a check-in in January and another check-in at the end of the year um, after we, we try to plan for um, what the district is going to focus on for the entire year in that, in that September meeting. So um, <clears throat> I put together just an update on, on various. Would you like me to go through the whole thing, or how would you like me to do it? Um, it's six pages, so I can... Yeah. I, I can go. Through, it's no big deal. I can go through it. I just want to make sure you want me to go through the whole thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. So this is just our progress update and where we are. Um, we started off with our priority one, the safety, belonging, well-being. Uh, 1.1, evaluate current practices to support student and staff well-being. Um, that was our key action, and we're looking at gathering data, utilizing Panorama. Students in grades 6 through 12, as well as staff and families, will be participating in a Panorama SEL survey in this February. Uh, it might stretch into March, depending on Panorama's schedule, but we're scheduled to do it um, the week after vacation. Um, promoting a sense of belonging, cultural response, and professional development. On January 11th, 2024, the entire leadership team and department chairs had a professional development session uh, with Dr. Stephanie Pinder Maker and Dr. Lauren Wadsworth, and focused on culturally responsive practices responding to identity-related aggressions, sometimes called microaggressions. Um, the entire secondary staff, 6 through 12, also met with them um, on January 23rd for their release day session, and really good feedback on that. Uh, move toward full-day kindergarten for all is a component of our FY25 budget. We will share the three-year implementation plan that will provide a full-day kindergarten uh, for all students without charging tuition. Incorporation of student voice in grades six through 12. Advisory has provided many opportunities for students to give feedback on topics such as cell phones at the high school and homework at Blake Middle School. Medfield High School Principal Robert Parger has been meeting with grade nine students to gather information on, on transition to Medfield High School. 
In addition, Medfield High School has a new student advisory with our food service director to provide input and feedback on food choices. Blake has also been doing end of term reflections after they received the report card, as well as Nat always doing a question of the week for the students for them to reflect on. Um, align our DEI efforts, uh, remove, uh, review task force model in faculty, staff, representatives, each school. We are in discussion of the best ways to merge the DEI task force and the SEL task force. More information will be forthcoming on that. Um, curriculum review is ongoing. The Medfield Public Schools developed a curriculum review tool and is utilized it by, st by staff. Prior to the adoption of any curriculum, this tool allows staff to assess any bias in any curriculum that we purchase or use. Examine school safety 1.4, uh, reinstate SRO position to collab and collaborate with Medfield Police Department. The Medfield Police Department has reinstated the school resource officer position for the school for this school year. The Medfield Police Department schedule um, permits the SRO to be on site on most school days, and they have a schedule that um, an on and off schedule. And so sometimes the SRO cannot be on site. When the SRO is not on site, um, the chief makes sure that a police officer is around and makes rounds, makes rounds um, in the school area. School committee policy for cameras. Uh, school committee is currently reviewing all of our district policies. That is definitely one that we have to add to our policy subcommittee meetings. Okay. Um, additional school safety professional development. The Medfield Police and Mass State Police conducted school safety professional development on October 31st for all staff. The state police presentation reviewed the most up-to-date procedures and protocols for school safety. Uh, Town Safety Committee, the Medfield Fire Chief, Medfield Police Chief, and Medfield Deputy Police Chief, and I have all met have met three times this school year. We reviewed and updated procedures around school safety topics, and we are planning to meet each month uh, to go over any issues or topics that we want to discuss. Um, review school start times, uh, establish a committee and process and timeline. The invitation for committee members has been sent and the committee is about to be formed and a kickoff meeting is scheduled for the next few weeks. I think I put in your narrative that we're looking uh, the first week in February for that. Um, possible recommendation for June of 2024 and that will be determined by the committee as they go through the process. With community engagement and communication, uh, develop a comprehensive internal and external communication plan, review practices within each building. We are currently in the process of working with a communications consultant to review current practices, as well as conducting focus groups with staff and parents. Complete a comprehensive plan. This is scheduled to be completed by April. Review and implement recommendations. Um, this will begin upon receipt of the plan. Consistently communicate core values, create visuals for every classroom. Every classroom in the district has a visual poster that is, it has our new mission statement, vision statement, core values. Incorporate core values into meetings and practice, practices, et cetera. We've included our core values in all of our presentations, leadership, e email taglines, and all communications when appropriate. Um, explore website update, um, working with Aptigy on our <clears throat> options. Ono Corcora has been meeting with Aptigy on improvements to the back end of the website. We'll be doing forward-facing improvements to the website later this year. Homeschool connection, middle school, high school conferences, the Blake Middle School and Medfield High School have successful conferences in the fall and scheduled for another round in the spring. Each building had over 900 conferences. Uh, work with school-based organizations. We continue to work with our PTO, CPAC, MCP, and MMA. The Medfield School Committee has representatives that attend each of these organization meetings. Curriculum and assessment. Um, continually review MPS curriculum for vertical and horizontal alignment. Create a vertical teams for ELA. The LA vertical team is created and has several meetings this year. They are currently planning learning walks to view the instruction at various grade levels. So having teachers that are work with younger kids, 
see the instruction at the older grades and vice versa, so give, give them a perspective on what their colleagues are doing. Update curriculum maps for Blake Middle School and Medfield High School. This project is ongoing with the expectation that it'll be completed at the end of this year for at least one school. Um, establish a formalized curriculum review process. This is currently in discussion, is not formalized yet. I'm not gonna go through the professional development one because it's like a page and a half. Yeah. So you can take a, take a look at, as I said in our budget presentation, we've had a lot of professional development this year, which has been great. Um, 3.4, evaluate the current PK to 12 multi-tiered <clears throat> system of support practices and establish a pre-K to 12 multi-tiered system of support framework. A 17-person committee has begun <coughs> monthly and they will have an MTSS uh, framework by the end of the school year and Mary's doing a lot of work with that. Investigate and align pre-K to 12 social emotional learning curriculum, create a subcommittee to outline the review <coughs> process. Subcommittee has been created and the meetings have begun. Dave Worthley, the Director of Social Emotional Learning is leading this initiative. Streamline student transitions between grades and schools, continue to establish curriculum and programming to support the transitions. Medfield High School and Blake staff continue to develop strategies to support transitions grade eight to grade nine. And the elementary schools have also discussed utilization of special education staffing that could improve services for students. Finance facilities and personnel, develop long-term sustainable budget strategies to address district needs identify energy efficiencies. Um, the solar projects at Blake, Blake and Memorial are moving forward and we are also a member of a Metro West consortium that received a grant recently for electrification of school buses. So we had our first Zoom on that uh, a couple of weeks ago and then Michael and I will be meeting with them again soon. But um, it was led by the Needham Public Schools and they asked us to sign on and other districts as well to sign on. So the tricky thing is everyone has um, a third party provider of buses. So that's what we're kind of working through right now to see how that's going to work. Um, there has been talk of maybe Medfield being a central location for electrification of buses because of where we're with the other communities that are a part of that and where we're located. So we're going to be working um, with them on that as well. It almost have to be done in conjunction with uh, our friends from the busing. Right. Everyone's going to be a part of that. Um, Continue the partnership with town leadership and Warren Committee. The Warren Committee and town leadership have been supportive of establishing a special education fund to offset rising costs in that area. In addition, the Warren Committee and town leadership have been supported in establishing a fund to offset the cost of a new elementary school. Um, review MTA special education staffing recommendations. Some of the staffing recommendations made their way into the 23-24 school year out of necessity. The FY25 budget um, includes an additional 0.5 FTE education team leader to support teachers and students and special students and teachers in special education. Um, Reevaluate the five-year capital plan. Michael is working with the capital plan committee to identify needs for the district, and he's been a really um, been a great member of that, and also working with Amy, our facilities director as well. Address Dale Street through Medfield SBC and capital budget. The Medfield School Building Committee continues to meet and is currently accepting quotes for a comprehensive enrollment study. The FY25 capital budget includes upgrades to the Dale Street School. Um, collaborate with the town to establish new revenue streams and that was exploring establishment of bus fees and technology fees. This will certainly be discussed in the next few months with this committee. And then identify additional solar product projects. Um, there are no additional work there is no additional work in this area until the current projects are either in process or completed. So we're still kind of looking at that. There's other areas that they've talked to us about, but we need to get the ones that were that you folks approved moving first before we look at any other ones. But again, it's a five-year plan, so in the next five years, I'm sure we'll be able to do something there. So I have an update for you in June as we continue to go through this, and 
uh, happy to answer any questions or comments or concerns. One before taking questions, yeah, it's a great update. <laughs> we should almost, um, you're up on stage going through the whole um, public forum and then going right after this. <laughs> Maybe in the future we'll do it a different night. Oh, that's fine. That's Whatever a, works. That's great fine. update, yeah. I was going to say thanks. That sounds like a lot of stuff. My my one question, uh, which I heard like so much positive feedback about, was about the conferences. Mm -hmm. and I think that's such a bridge to a community and communication, all, all, all good things. Right. Um, did anything come away as like things we should improve? I can't remember if we talked about that right after them. So one of the things that we looked at, um, and we've gotten feedback on both both ends, is that we we made the decision to we had the conversation last year with calendar to have the middle school and high school on different weeks. Um, so we've gotten feedback both ways. People think that's great and other people think, well, it'd be kind of nice to have it all on the same day. So the reservation that we have is that if it's all on the same day, it might prevent someone that wants to be in a time slot at the high school if they have a child at the middle school and, and wants to see that teacher but then can't make the teacher they want to see at the high school. So we felt like having 900 on each, on each building for conferences was really effective and we're concerned about that impacting that. So we're continuing to do the same thing, obviously, in the spring. Um, and we're gonna recommend when we do the calendar, uh, the draft next month, uh, that it stays on separate weeks. Uh, that was the feedback. Yeah. The other thing that um, was something that we, we, we forgot about and we had to kind of make some plans and adapt to is the parking for teachers and parents on the middle school day. Oh. Um, so that was something that we had to adjust on. So what Nat did, is hit all the teachers and staff at the Blake Middle School park behind Blake Middle School because we have the area uh, right behind it's almost uh, it's, it's grass and pavement back there yeah. mm -hmm. so they all parked back there so then there was parking for parents to come in because they were going in and out so you know that and I think looking at the, the time slots because some of them were really filled and some of them weren't so maybe adjusting some of that and um, I think there was a good success around having the option for parents to do zoom versus yeah. in person um, that was really helpful. I think families really appreciated that. So they liked the Zoom aspect if they were working or couldn't get out because of um, responsibilities that they had, but others just loved being in person too. So um, I think it was very positive all around. And we want to just see one more, um, you know, see it in the spring and get a sense of how that goes and then make some adjustments if we need to at that point because we've only done it once ever. So yeah. see if there's anything that pops up in the spring that we need to change. But as you said, well, it's really positive feedback from yeah. parents. And the the, um, the report card reflection that NASA in the mm -hmm. middle school, I think you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, can you tell me more like what that looks like? And then I, I guess the follow-up would be like, uh, like at younger ages, do they look at their progress reports and like reflect on them? Or is it just something? Because uh, I just love that, uh, just personally, yeah. independence for all of our children. I think that's like kind of goal number one for me. Yeah. Um, but what is it? What does that reflection look? So like? he he sends out an email and gives you know kids an option if they want to you know in advisory to get you know feedback on um, what they think about how their grades went, how their their scores went, et cetera, on their report card. So just gives them some thinking time to to reflect on that, and um, you know I I think that's a big part of what Nat's about reflection yeah. and, and and you know being really thoughtful. So I think it. it, it works really well in that in that in that school and kids like, participate and so, the question of the week is something he sends out every week too to think about he sends it to parents too so yeah um i think that's something that he really he really values student voice even at the younger age you know he really values that so that's a just a vehicle for him to get more information like he did with the homework right. you know he got some really good information from and data from kids with the homework um in grades six seven and eight 
and now he's working with the staff with that and he and I are going to meet in a couple of weeks to kind of see where that goes with um, expectations around homework and that kind of thing. So, Sounds like all awesome stuff. All good stuff. Mm -hmm. All good stuff. Appreciate for sure. it. For sure. Anything else? Um, one, I just, um, the follow-up from meeting with uh, the, the chief and the uh, head of the police on school safety. Mm -hmm. So meeting, so the three of you would meet each month? Each month. We missed one month, but yeah. yeah. So is that new? I mean, is It that... is new, yeah. We started, we just started this fall. Yeah, we've never done that before, so. Anything behind it? Well, I just it's think it's a good it's practice. Part, it's part of the plan. That was something we wanted to do. We wanted to really create that, that safe, the town safety committee in the plan. So, um, and we had great relationships with, with both departments. Uh, we just wanted to formalize that. We, we, you know, we meet and talk all the time, but we wanted to formalize it into a meeting and, um, we meet over at the public safety and it's, it's been really helpful. One of the things that we did, um, at the last meeting, which is really helpful is, um, reevaluate the rallying points. Um, if, if, if students and teachers need to leave the building. Um, so we're going to be, I'll be meeting with a couple of schools uh, the next week or so to talk about the rallying point changes that they recommended. They, they had a, a really good, um, position on that and think that it's it's important to make this change so um, that's what we're going to be doing as no. you guys know i meet with the teachers in the beginning of the year go over the rallying points new teachers that's part of the induction program that one of the first meetings we do is talk about all that so um, it's an important piece of school safety and they they felt like we need to make a change both of them so yeah no that's that's good to hear those are some of the things like i just had up at night just making sure. Oh, for sure. sure it does for you. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. I think for everyone when it comes to that kind of stuff. I have a quick question about the professional development um, where I think the 6 through 12 staff met with the woman about microaggressions. Mm -hmm. like, would we consider doing that for teachers in younger grades as well? Because Absolutely. I think like micro, right? I don't think right. microaggressions start in 6th grade versus like 5th grade and, and how to deal with it. So just right. wondering if. Yeah, I think it was more of um, because MCPE supported that as a grant. Okay. And, um, you know, Nat and Brenda had come to me on that to see if it, that was something we would support. And, and so they were really behind writing the grant and getting it forward. So that's why it was six through 12. Okay. That makes um, sense. And, the good, and they're actually going to do a community one as well. So um, they met with the leadership team for a couple hours, whatever date I said in there, in, in the department chairs and had a really good time with us. Great PD, um, really thoughtful, got us thinking, reflecting, et cetera. And then they did the entire staff, and then they're going to do a community event as well, the two of them. So they were, they're, they're fantastic. That's great. Um, so that's going to be forthcoming. They, they think they're going to do it after February vacation, but that it was part of the contract too. So great. But I agree, it could be pre K to 12. Everybody. Right. It would, yeah. I think it would be yeah. beneficial for everyone. Yeah. The other one is just curious, um, but the exploring AI for educators and school leaders. Well, that, that that's a topic we hear about all the time. Yeah, Just so, wondering. Um, so the entire DLD, our Design Your Learning or Digital Learning Day, is all AI this year. So they've been working on that. Uh, we have a couple of guest speakers, one from Google and one Justin Wright from uh, MIT, who's been doing some work around this. <clears throat> They're coming to speak to us um, on DLD, and then we'll do some workshops. We just started sending out information to other districts that want to um, – uh, have any presenters that will do presentations on that day from out of other districts. Um, Westwood's done a great job with the AI stuff. They've done a really good job. So they're, they're going to have some of their folks come and 
Um, so we're going to you know learn from them and, and see where they are. It's just just around. I think everyone's using it, but everyone's kind of you know how do we do we let the kids use it? Do we use it? How do we use it? And that kind of thing. So it's not going away. So we want to make sure that our, our folks are positioned to use this really well for kids and and making sure our kids know how to use it well too. I mean I think it's it's not going away at the higher higher ed either. So. Right. One of the things about AI is, right, like what type of sensitive information is going into these prompts? Who's right. using it? What act, like what do we know? Because once you put it out there, like, right, you have a lot of sensitive school data, like companies deal with the same thing. But right. it's like so how to be thoughtful around it. So one it. of the things that we do, Owen is on a, um, a committee that we belong to at Tech that looks at student data privacy. So we have contracts with a lot of companies. Yep. And instead of us individually do, doing them with a, with a company, we have the entire collaborative and they have an attorney that does all that for us so that we set like for Google, for right. example, or whatever, um, so that tech does that for us, which is Great. really, really good. Yeah. And Owen was, did some, a lot of work on that in the beginning to, to get that going. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's a real issue. Right. It's a real issue for sure. Yeah. It's a, I think it's an interesting topic though, Tim. Like it, you, you hear about it. I hear about it professionally, yeah. you know, to the point of getting a headache. Um, at the same time, like I think about your um, DLD, then kind of like maybe even coming back in the spring and saying, hey, this is kind of our, I don't know if it's point of view. Right. I think it's um, the point of view. But I'm, I am starting to get, like as I start to use it more, and, and, and it, it, I, I see that too, like you can use ChatGDP on your own, but right. you can't, if you're going to use something mm -hmm. gradually, you need it to stay within the um, yes. firewalls. But yep. I'm blown away. I can have full conversations about things that I, I really need now. And it's like how, it's, how it continues to advance. So, so um, the state's actually going to use AI to do all the MCAS grading this year. Huh. So they did a test last year where they took all the MCAS tests and they looked at them by machine and then by the hand scores that they do for the written. And then they had those scores and then they ran them all through AI and the scores are pretty close. So they're going to, that's what they're going to do with their AI this year. So. That's, we'll I mean, it, that's a smart use of AI, right? Yeah, it just saves sure. and takes out human error if it's correct. Yeah, so that's, that's it's not perfect for sure, but it, it is interesting how yes close it is to what you're looking for. It's, it's amazing. So I think that's that's going to be our focus at DLD, which we'll have more information on that as we get closer. Okay. But. No, and and uh, unless there's other any other questions on the strategic plan update? Otherwise, I think it's a great update. I think um, the only other comments are um, you're beginning to post the scorecard, I believe, on Oh, it's online. there, yeah. It's, it's on, up there. Online. And, and, and um, we've, we've played with our um, what we had talked about at the meeting last week. Yeah, it, it yeah, actually, as we, I see that, and just, yeah. just for you folks, I, I talked to Dr. Marston a little bit. If you see it has a like overarching how are we doing, percentage and I said wow we're pretty high in that percentage to completion um because it's I think you were doing it you know started at yeah. the initiative level right uh, or at the priority level is that correct strategy at this or at the strategy yeah. level yeah. um it, it's it's great as you go through you know each initiative we're going to start scoring each one as you know started in progress yeah. or complete right. that's great so it, it is a, i think it will be a nice way to get an at a glance yeah. how so are we, we doing we played around with doing it with the key actions so we did we did play around that a little bit so right now we have it on the strategy whether it's progressing um started whatever uh tim had mentioned what if we look at doing it on the key actions instead so we have we started playing around that with a second a copy of that you know, it's just all you know data behind the scenes kind of thing um, and Neil is, is working on that for us and um, 
So he did he, he did play with it um, right after we met. Actually, he and I had, had a scheduled meeting, and yes. he did work on that. So we'll we'll see how that comes out next week, and I'll, I'll shoot it to you and see what you think. Yeah, it would be interesting. And, yeah. and key actions rolling up to strategy. Right. So so it, it's right. just it's just a nicer. Like as we as you report on it too, it's mm -hmm. a nice like like and that's where I say I think it's not as nice visually. I would just warn you, it's not as nice visually because a lot of lines because you're doing every single line, but it, it will get to you where you, where you want to go. I mean, as far as moving up to the strategy. Uh, yeah, no, no, I can. But but that's um, again, I, I think it's a nice like as I look mm -hmm. at the report, it's a lot of progress. Um, now some of these you kind of we had an idea mm -hmm. that was coming, but uh, it will be a nice way to you know continue to do that. Uh, okay, so that's the, um, what about this Medfield School Building Committee update? Uh, yep, we had a Zoom meeting, I want to say it was last week. Um, we went over uh, requests for quotes on the demographic study. Um, we voted uh, to send out the RFQ. The bids are due back on February 6th. Um, we're going to be meeting on Monday, February 12th, and that's when we'll be reviewing um, the quotes that came in and deciding if there's one that we want to go forward with. Okay. We've gotten one, one quote so far. Okay. We forwarded to the co-chair, so. And what was the general tone, too, of the meeting um, um, as we got the Yeah, um, I mean, I think we knew we were going to get together on, uh, oh, well, that was, that was two meetings ago. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, right? hard not to project there. I was bummed. I'm sure some other people were also a little disappointed. Um, just kind of talking about what some of our next steps can be mm. and how we can be making progress um, right now while we wait again or figure out what we need to do next. So I think I saw in the agenda for our next meeting, we'll start, uh, I think we're going to be talking about um, the MSBA and the SOI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, thank you. Um, community engagement and communications update. Um, this is a little more, and Diane, for, for you as well, a little more, I'd say open-ended, but, but what, are, what are some of the different um, initiatives, what, what has gone on? Um, and uh, I think Will and I, at least we had the, I don't know whether we call it office hours informal or conversation. informal conversations, yeah. the concept is office hours. <clears throat> It was a good. It was a good session. We're glad. Um, we, I think we've held those where we, you know, you don't always get people, and that that's okay. It allows us two of us to meet. Um, it also, uh, but it, it was some good conversation. I think really around priorities, looking at the strategic plan, kind of similar to some of the conversations that came up today. Academic rigor versus, versus other things, um, and you know, will I? I don't know if you had comments, but I thought that was a, a good. Oh, yeah, it was good. I mean, the last one Michelle and I did, no one showed up. This one, one person showed up. Maybe we'll get two at the next one, but I'm always happy to talk to people. And, you know, it's hard for us to do this job when uh, we put times out there and no one shows up. It's hard for us to, to represent everybody. Uh, but so to the gentleman that came, it was a good conversation. And we, you know, yeah, it was, there were concerns, like Tim said, about academic rigor and some other things that go on. And we're going to do our best to address them. Um, for for other stuff, because can we do the other stuff too, like CPAC and yeah, no, uh, yeah, actually, so, I'd love so to I'm hear at, more. About I met with the uh, uh, or sorry, the, the middle school PTO. Uh, Matt, uh, there was nothing huge other than I there's an end of the year barbecue 
uh, which I don't know about because I don't have a middle school yet. <laughs> but if you want to volunteer, uh, they will need volunteers. And I think they're, it's like at the, in the spring, but they're talking about even as early as like February and March trying to get volunteers because they need lots of them. It's a big to do. Yeah. So if you have a middle school child, uh, you know, if you'd like to volunteer, please do because uh, it's like all hands on deck. It sounds like a huge event. Um, CPAC had a meeting just this week. I think Tuesday we had a meeting. Um, so uh, I, I don't think anyone was there other than the, the board and the parent leaders and site leaders. So again, if, uh, if you are out there uh, uh, and I don't know, have, have any questions about special education, have a student receiving special education, uh, they're doing great work. I get, you know, a couple months ago, I gave my, my shout out, uh, Melissa Lowry's in charge of that. I, I think uh, nothing but good things about her um, and the other people I met who were um, heads of, they're trying to make parent groups based on disabilities as well as heading site groups. So if either of those things um, sound good to you, please reach out. CPAC has a website. Um, but have, have they got any interest in the um, groups? I know they're so, breaking it out by yeah. like, right, if you're, Dyslexia as well. Yeah, it's dyslexia. It's, yeah, it's so all. is anyone signing up for so, that? So small numbers, like okay. like one had two, and they were trying to um, come up with a date that would work for the three of them, the leader and the two other okay. people. One had five people. Okay. Uh, but but So not a ton, but some engagement. Um, okay. And I think their hope is maybe when they, they get the date for that, that meeting to happen, that when more the date's set, more come. people yep. come. So uh, I guess all of this from me is just, um, if you want to volunteer, please do. I know I feel like Michelle gave uh, asked for volunteers or encourage people to get involved. Um, but so so I guess I'm just doing the same thing. Uh, the middle school will need help for the cookout. Um, any any concerns, questions, thoughts, compliments about uh, special education? Uh, Mary goes to all the meetings. Our, our head of student mm -hmm. services, which is awesome, I think unbelievable. It was a two hour meeting on a Tuesday night. Uh, but so there are resources there. Um, so it's like my, my old boss said, don't worry alone. Um, I would say something like, um, you know, just, just get involved. If you want to get involved, please do. Cause it's now that I'm on this board and I go to all these meetings, there are, a, and I've said this about coaching for a long time, but there are a few people that really make this town go and they could use help. Um, so, so please help where you can. That's great. It's a good update. I, I also, I always think even like you're, you're saying on a couple of the topics, um, I don't know whether it was uh, whether it was ADHD or which one, two people's better than no people. Yeah, right? for Sometimes sure. Sometimes big things start small. For sure. Right. It, it at least says, hey, let's let's get together. Um, and I, I appreciate um, you taking, you know, providing that additional support. You know, again, we're trying to make sure we we're reaching out a little more into some of the the um, groups. Um, and we, we also are, we've been talking with Michelle and Dr. Marsden, kind of piloting something where we can meet with leaders of those groups as well. And, and a lot of that conversation, mm -hmm. I think, would be contributing to this communications audit and how can we, um, you know, do better. Um, you know, we, we want to hear feedback. So, um, so no, that's, that's great. Um, Michelle, I'm not sure if. I was just going to say that our um, our next informal conversation is virtual, uh, scheduled for Wednesday, February 28th at 7. So there'll be more information about that coming out in the next week or so. Um, that's what we have next for that, for our next informal conversation. Okay. And yeah, and you continue to 
to post. Yeah. <laughs> and see that, which is good. And appreciate it's really appreciated. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of work. We, we just I see that there's a lot of thought around it, and it's appreciated. Um, school start times. Um, I'm not sure whether uh, Dr. Marson, you want to start with that. Sure. Just we've identified the staff participants uh, that want to be a part of this process. Um, right now, we're working on the student representatives, and I know that. Um, on your end, the parent representatives and then the school committee representatives. So once we get all that set, then we're, we're ready to roll. Um, the teachers that I talked to um, asked if we could do it on a Monday because um, their staff meetings are you know Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, so that it made a lot of sense that Monday was the best day for them. So that's why we'd schedule it for that day in February. But um, once we get the, the names, we'll just send something out and get going on. And what's the rough number of staff? Um, it was, well, counting administrators, I think it's, uh, it's 12. Okay. We had, we had extra two, but we want, you know, more people, the better. So, and, um, just remind me what's the high level expectation, um, for meetings. And so one, at least once a month for meetings and, you know, additional work outside, whether it's readings or attending a meeting or subcommittee work. So there's definitely outside work that will take place not just the one meeting. Okay. And I think we were, um, was our total number? We had, was it nine? nine. Yeah, we had nine um, parents, which we were thrilled, uh, raised their hand and, and um, offered to serve. Um, they gave, we, we didn't officially ask, but gave pretty good background here and there, which, which was great um, to hear. And uh, I had a conversation at least with, with Michelle. Um, I think we, we, we would think in, in if you have roughly 12 on the staff plus students, um, it would be around nine is probably a pretty good number. Um, so, you know, we were thinking for those that have. Are we getting worried? Like, are we just worried that it might be too many people? It's so okay. But like, I like the districts, there's, um, there, there was a very wide variety on how many people okay. served on this type mm -hmm. of committee. Okay, because we'll be yeah. looking at like 30 plus people. You'll end up in the 20s, but yeah, you're in the 20s. Yeah, it's like 12, yeah. 9, 20. 21, depending on how many students. Yeah. Plus so school we'll be, committee. We'll be under 25. Yeah. yeah. If we take all nine parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll be at 21. So students are limited. <coughs> I'm sorry. Students. How many students? Because if we have 21, we just. Two or three students. Yeah. 27. Yeah. Yeah. Still, I just think sometimes when you're trying, like, it's a lot. But if you think other. It is. Other, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I think people won't, they'll, you'll get everyone at the first meeting and then after that you'll get less. Yes, I agree. I just want to make sure we can like try to come to some decision in a reasonable amount of time. Like we had talked about last time versus like this going on for a year. We talked mm -hmm. a little bit about, yeah. um, about how TLA, so that's who did the strategic plan. And yeah. that was also a very big group. I feel okay. like they did a very good job of coming in with um, an agenda that allowed breakout and discussion and then for everybody to come Perfect. back. So I think that model would probably mm -hmm. be very helpful mm -hmm. with this size yes. group. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we talked about because I share your concerns there as yeah. well. I recognize that that's a challenge. Um, but I think as long as you come in with um, a good roadmap and like- an Right, an agenda yeah, keep people on track. Yeah, like I, I kind of thought of it, I had similar thoughts as well. Um, I remember when we served the SEL, like when that first kicked off, it's a large group in the library by design, some of the agenda taught like the priorities were a little more open-ended and, and that's what the administration really needed. 
Um, but it worked really well, you know, quickly kind of tables assigned to certain topics and then bring feedback yeah. up. Um, I would think it would be similar. So like you can quickly break down, you know, have some conversations, but have purpose in mind for each month. Um, you know, I, we'd love to see if we can come to a recommendation by June. Right. Right. Um, same thing. Right. First rush. Second. Um, we've at least thought worst case, if it got, if we voted, if it trickled into the fall, early fall, it would be okay. It would still be okay for them. Um, so, you know, I think that, uh, and, and I, I, I asked the question about how many, you know, I think it's reasonable that you have, um, solid representation, you know, at or around the same, you know, from the community as, a, as from the staff. Yes, I do agree with that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if, unless there's folks on the school committee, I don't think it's not an official vote, but I, I thought that seemed okay to me, right? Like it, it uh, yeah, I would. If, if we did that. And so I think then we would just notify them, you know, thank you and, and make sure we know what the expectation is mm -hmm. yep. and uh, go from there. So that's, that's a good update. And then who's going to be on it from the school committee? Um, yes. So uh, I think at least, Will, you've been on, you've been part of it. We'd love to continue you to continue on that. If yeah. you're, if you're able. Yeah, that works. I was under the impression it'd be being Michelle and I. Uh, yeah. Michelle and I talked, I think I was going to try to step in oh, okay. for a bit. Um, we stay pretty pretty well in sync, and um, my quote seat. I may also, you know, we may be able to. I'd like re re representation from others as, as this as this evolves. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but that yeah. So I think it would be officially it would be uh, me and you will. Perfect. And yeah, it's some travel, uh, crazy a little bit. Although you have the same thing, yeah. you've shared before. So um, you know, you, I think each of us may. Maybe in a couple other meetings here or there. Okay, good progress. Um, any other comments on that? Nope. Uh, informational items. I don't know that we I don't have any, Mr. Chair. Um, I have one. I actually have comments more on, uh, but it's more related to future agenda items that I'll get into. Um, future agenda items, uh, district fees are, is one. Um, I guess I, what I would just say is let's add policy updates to future agenda. And I will just say um, we are finally, uh, we, we met, the policy subcommittee met last week, just Leo and myself. Um, I think we, we made good progress and starting with our next meeting, we think we're going to have, um, you know, uh, A and B with some revisions ready to bring forward. But we, we have policies are going to be standing um, Get that that reading lamp, and, and uh, there's going to be a fair amount every every uh, each meeting that we, we're going to try to, um, you know, as best we can bring those forward um, for first reading, second reading, and then voting in form, which would be um, starting to establish the new, you know, the new policy manual. And um, there's a goal we have to try to finish it this year. Yeah, um, I think it's it's possible that we Good. can do that. So that was one. Um, I guess that kind of bridged the gap between future agenda and information. Um, and then um, I, I actually, just to follow up on the strategic plan update, I think it would be worthwhile to make sure we add like um, the communications work you're doing, kind of present the outcomes to us, sure. which I'm sure will probably happen naturally anyways, but in like that April timeframe. Yep. 
Um, and we may want to look at our schedule. It, it seems sometimes you get April, May move pretty quick, and then all of a sudden you're into June. Yeah. And the June meeting, you know, there, there's some other things going on. It's right like the day before the end of school. Sometimes it's not like the one you want to cram a lot of work in. So we may just want to look at um, offline our scheduling and either make sure we're we're staying pace. Okay. Um, so so on those ones. Um, okay. Uh, next meeting is February eighth. I've told Michelle I would not. I, I've got um, something out of town there. Must be it. Uh, so Michelle will be running it. Um, and uh, as long as Leo's there, well, I think we'd have quorum regardless. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So, okay, Any, anything else? Um, okay, 807, so we just, just went over. Um, okay, is there a uh, motion to adjourn? So moved. So moved. Second, or so moved. Okay, all in favor. Aye. 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 All right, great, thank you.